Welcome to Advancing Word with Dr. T.D. Stubblefield. In chapter 55 of Isaiah, verse 11, God tells the prophet, So will my word be which goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me void without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. Standing on this promise, T.D. Stubblefield Ministries is committed to sharing biblical principles with individuals, families, churches, communities, and our world, believing that only the Word of God can advance us in God's perfect plan for our lives, where we can experience liberating faith, lasting hope, and unconditional love in a relationship with the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Dr. T.D. Stubblefield with today's Advancing Word. There's a passage in the 55th Psalm, stanza 22. Read it with me. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Amen. You may be seated. I want to preach for just a while. And if you you pray with me, it won't be a long while. But I want to preach for just a while from this passage in the Psalms. And I struggled with a title, and I finally just decided that I would title and tag this message, Letting Go and Letting God. And if I had a subtitle, it would be Transforming Transfers. Every now and then, because I have multiple accounts with my bank, I find it necessary to transfer funds from one account to another. In fact, I have one of those accounts so structured and set up at the bank that in the event that my primary account goes in the red, I have an overdraft provision, which is why I almost call the sermon God's overdraft provision. I love the way Eugene Peterson paraphrases this particular stanza in the 55th Psalm and his paraphrase, his wonderful paraphrase, the message. And And it's my favorite paraphrase because Dr. Peterson is a gifted Greek and Hebrew scholar. He taught Greek and Hebrew, and so I'm more comfortable with this paraphrase than I am others. But I love the way he um, paraphrases this passage. He says, pile your troubles on God's shoulders. He'll carry your load. He'll help you out. He'll never let good people topple into ruin. Uh, Pile your troubles on God's shoulders. This passage resonates with the marvelous possibility that whatever we are going through, God can handle it. He can handle it. 
David was a man after God's own heart. Yet this standing and this status did not preempt him or prevent him from experiencing either sin or suffering. You know, as I think about letting go and letting God, it occurred to me, the more I reflected upon it, that these two polarities, these two extremes are the points and places in which we live out our Christian lives. So often our struggles are either letting go of something or else after letting go of something, letting God handle it. Somebody may be there this morning. You, you, you're struggling with letting go of something and, 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 and putting it in the Lord's hands because you've tried to fix it yourself and you're weary. And then you're struggling with, okay, I gave it to the Lord, but things aren't working out quite like I wanted to. And, and so I'm trying, I kind of believe it was the man's struggle in the gospels when his child was sick and, and paralyzed and epileptic and the disciples could not help or heal this child and Jesus shows up. The man is willing to let go but not quite at the place of letting God and he says, I believe but help. Somebody living right there today. I, I believe but help my unbelief. Many, many believe that this psalm was motivated by David's experience of a relational rupture. Many believe, and I believe it is historically valid, that this psalm was penned on the occasion when one of his trusted advisors, his name is Ahithopol, the record of this is in 2 Samuel chapter 15, but during Absalom's rebellion, you know, David's own child raised his hands against his father, tried to kill him, tried to usurp his throne. And one of his trusted advisors, someone who he had befriended, someone who he had been loyal to, and thought was loyal to him, went over to Absalom's side. And it's believed that David writes this psalm as he deals with the disappointment and the heartbreak of that. You know, because we are relational creatures. I, I don't know if there's any burden so hard and so heavy to bear as when a relationship has been fractured. Or when one's person has been injured because of betrayal of trust or because of love rejected or because of some diminished capacity in that relationship. It's a difficult, difficult challenge. When our person, when, when our emotions, when, when, when our emotions are involved. I never will forget hearing that Arthur Ashe, the great uh, 
tennis pro, the late Arthur Ashe, who died because of um, AIDS uh, contracted from a blood transfusion and all the horrors of that disease. And uh, when he was interviewed, he was in the throes of that struggle with that disease and he would die a few months later. But he said, nothing has hurt him so bad as the personal rejection and racism that he had experienced in some of the venues where he had played tennis. And so when I, when I injury is personal, when a relationship is involved, it'll cause us to cry. But more than anything else, it necessitates that we let go. That we let go. David expresses his confidence in God that God in spite of his pain, in spite of his perplexity, would deliver him. And so I asked the text the question, what do we do to let go and let God? It's all in this stanza. What, what do we do to, to let go and, and, and let God? What, what do we do to, to realize the promise of the hymn that says, what a friend we have in Jesus? All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege it is to carry everything. How do we get to, oh, what needless pains we bear? All because we just don't carry. How do I let go? How do I let go? How do I exercise this overdraft provision? How do I move to a place when my life has been overdrawn? How do I arrange a transfer in my spiritual portfolio and, and experience God's blessing? When I asked the text the question, three things came up. If we're going to let go and let God, the first thing we've got to do is we've got to grow up. We, we have to grow up. We, we have to realize that in every life, some tears will fall. The text says, I'm not making it up, it says, cast thy burden. And, and, and the direct article in the text, thy burden, would infer that our challenges and our problems are of a personal nature. In other words, you got stuff, I got stuff, all of God's children got stuff. And when I get to heaven, I'm going to get rid of my stuff. One of the reasons I'm going to shout all over heaven is I don't have to deal with no more. Die. That's why you, you should not stand in judgment of somebody else's stuff. It's easy for you to say what you would do or won't do looking it outside in. But you don't know what folk are going through. I, I love that story and I believe he tells it in Seven Habits of Highly Effective People when he deals with the habit of seek first to understand then to be understood. Stephen Covey uh, talks about how he was on a subway in New York City 
uh, one evening, and there was a father there whose children were in the subway car with them, and they were just rambunctious. They were all over the place. We've all been places where kids were ripping and running. We want to tell them to sit down. We've all had that experience. And there he was on the subway, and these kids were just running through the place and just wreaking havoc. And he said to his father, finally, he said, you should ask your kids to sit down. And the father looked up him at him with weary eyes and said, I'm sorry, sir, but we just left the hospital where their mother had died. So we never know what someone is going through. We, we have burdens, and they come to us in three ways. Cast our burdens. The, the word translated burden in this text means lot of property. We've got stuff that gnaws at us and needles us. One aspect of it is just dealing with the burden of the contingent nature of life. Life is so uncertain, so contingent. How many times have you heard me say that you can get a call at 2 o'clock in the morning? And that call would turn our lives upside down. Some of you, some of you I know have been on the receiving end of that call. John Maysfield, who wrote in another era, said that life is a hollow bubble, vulnerable to the prick of any pen. And there's a line in Shakespeare's Hamlet where he says, poor naked wretches, whosoever you are, that bid the pelting of the pitiless storm. There's a pitiless storm that pelts us. Today, the song says, can be as bright as the noonday sun, and you can look up tomorrow. And everything you have is going part, part of the burden is, and that's why when we wake up in the morning with the right operation of our mind and body, and, and we, we have food to eat and clothes to wear and a home to live in and loved ones to support us, we ought to thank God. When we can look at the right hand and the left hand and have good left-right orientation, we ought to thank God. That's why I'm so happy. I serve in a tradition where it's all right for it to get in your hands and your feet. I could very well, I could make an excuse and say, well, you know, choir singing, I got to preach. I, I need to save my energy and just sit down. I ain't going to stand. No, I'm going to stand. If it's sounding good, I'm going to stand because tomorrow morning... I may not be able to stand. Next week, I may not be able to clap my hand. Do I have a witness here? May not be able to hear the song. We take too much for granted. There's no guarantee right now that you're going to make it home. So what life does to us, the contingent nature of life, it becomes a burden. But also... Part of the burden we deal with is the stuff we do to ourselves. I'm talking about self-inflicted wounds. It's what the writer of Hebrews was talking about when he said, lay aside every weight and the sin that do so easily besets you and run with patience. There's some stuff we carry that we have to take responsibility for. Because while God will forgive you and me of our stuff, our sin, we still have to deal with the consequences. Do I have a witness here? The wages of sin is death. 
And when the Bible speaks of death, it doesn't just talk about physical death. You can be dead and still living. Because something will die in you and me when we turn an angry fist in defiance to God. The stuff we do to ourselves. But then, part of the burden we have to understand as we look at the personal nature of it is the things that God does and allow to shape us. God puts a hedge of protection around us, but I declare there are times he pulls it back and he allows us, it's what we were talking about when we said testimony. He allows us to be tested. I didn't learn how to pray in Sunday school. I didn't really learn how to pray in Bible study. I learned the mechanics of praying. But I learned how to pray when the road got rough. And so there are things God allows to happen to us so that we might learn to trust him. And it's difficult and you dare not, nor do I, rush into somebody's life when that's going on as if you know everything. Don't just flip it and say all things work together for good for those, because it hurts. Billy Graham says, there was a man in the Depression era who lost everything, like a lot of people have done so recently, have experienced that kind of loss lost everything and he was walking aimlessly down the street one day and he passed a construction site of church cathedral that was being worked on and he watched a stone mason shape a rock it didn't look like anything that would go into the foundation of the walls of the building and he asked him what is that stone what is that rock for and he pointed way up near the steeple he says, I'm shaping it here so that when it gets up there, it'll fit. See, God, oh, I wish I had somebody. Through many dangerous toss and snares of all, he's shaping us. Oh, I, I wish I had a witness. This old world ain't my home. And I'd like to think the word is true and I believe it is that my best days are not behind me. My best days are in front of me. So the first thing I have to tell you is you got to grow up. We all have stuff. There's a personal nature to it. Thy burdens, but there's something implicit in the text and we miss it in translation because uh, the King James doesn't state it as clearly as some of the other translations, but the Hebrew literally means cast upon Jehovah that which he has given to thee. Y'all hear what I'm saying? It's not only personal, but it's providential. I, I love knowing that nothing happens to me in life without God's approval. This is just not anything. It's the burden that the Lord has given me. And the last I heard, he knows how much. Knows how much you and I can bear. 
These are the burdens that he allows. Everything that happens in life is either an expression of his direct will, his permissive will, or his overruling will. Don't you ever give life or the devil that much power that it can have do anything it wants to with you. If God doesn't fix it, he can give you strength to climb. He can give you strength to handle it. Don't you know he could have fixed Paul's problem? Paul prayed, Lord, and that's what we do when we're dealing with stuff. Would you take it from me? And the Lord comes back and says, Paul, I could, but I'm not because I want you to know my grace, my grace is sufficient. So first thing I want to tell you this morning is grow up. Grow up. But then the text would also say, that we need to give up. It's right there in the text, cast thy burden upon the Lord. Cast here means to throw away. It means to fling. It means to hurl. The Hebrew verb means to get rid of. This is not capitulation or surrender in a negative way. But it means giving it up to God. It means allowing God's assets, God's balance to handle our business. This is surely what Peter had in mind when he wrote the word, cast all your cares upon him for he careth for you. In 1 Peter 5 and 7, I remember, I remember this hymn Growing up in the church, I was surprised because I've not sang it or said it a long time, but the words came back to me early this morning. And I remember hearing the old people say, if this world from you withhold its silver and gold and you left to get along, Omega Fair, just remember in his word how he feeds, come on somebody, how he feeds the little bird Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. Leave it there. Leave it there. Take your burdens to the Lord. Leave it there. If you trust, come on somebody, I'm about ready to sing it. If you trust and never doubt, he will surely bring you out. Take your burdens. Take your burdens. Take your burdens to the Lord. Leave it there. Leave it there. He can handle it. A few years ago, I remember visiting a hospital. It was Central Baptist Hospital in Lexington, Kentucky. One of our members there at First Baptist Georgetown in the prime of her years, a wonderful school teacher. She was in the final throes and stages of a bout with cerebral palsy. And I remember going to the hospital. No family members were there, but I wanted to pray with her. And I remember before I got to the room where she, her fragile frame lay in the bed. I overheard the nurses and the doctors who were attending her say, 
she's not too heavy because she had lost so much weight. But as I was preparing to minister to her, the Lord put in my spirit that it's not about how heavy she is. It's about how heavy I am. And the last I heard, the God I serve, he's heavy. Do I have a witness here? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That's heavy. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of, oh, come on, somebody. All the days of my life. That's heavy. Thou prepare the table for me in the presence of my enemy. That's heavy. The Lord is my light and my salvation. That's heavy. My God is not a bantam weight. He's not a light weight. He's not a middle weight. He's a heavy weight. That's why when Ezekiel goes down into the valley, dry bones, it's literally the heavy hand of God is upon him. The heavy hand. My God can handle because he's heavy. He's heavy. You got to give it up because he can handle it because he's heavy. Grow up. Give up. But text would also say you can get up. I'm a, I'm a, I want to look at that and I'll be through. It says the text ends on a positive note. Cast thy burdens upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. David was distraught to the point of wanting to run away. If you read the first part of the Psalms, he asked for wings like a dove that he might fly away. And sometimes our burdens make us want to run away. But I'm telling you, what I've learned is when you got stuff, you can't handle it by yourself. But this text says we can get up. We can get up in the first instance because of what the text says God will do. I'm almost through. What does it say he will do? It says he will sustain. Now, now this is what I love about it. The, the, the word in the Hebrew sus, translated sustain, this is the way it sounds. I, I've got some Bible software that if you click it, it will even pronounce the Hebrew for you. It's cool. <laughs> that, that's, that's the word. The Hebrew word is cool. And see, you and I can handle the heat because he's cool. He has promised to cool. <laughs> I'm not making it up. See, I can, oh, somebody, I can chill. Because he's cool. Whatever. Come on, somebody. Uh, I, I can chill because he's cool. I, I don't have to sweat because he's cool. He will cool me. Goodness gracious. It's K-U-L. That's, the, that's how it's transliterated. He's cool. 
He will sustain you. He will sustain you when life heats up. But he will also help us to get up. Not just because of what he will do, but because of what he won't do. And that's how the text ends, and that's how I'm ending today. It says, he will never, shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. I can get up today because of two things. I can get up because of what he said he will do. He will cool me. He will sustain me. He will keep me. He will contain me. He will restrain me. He will retain me. Do it. He will maintain me. I can get up because he's cool, but I can also get up because of what he said he'll never do. He'll never suffer the righteous to be moved. Well, my brothers and sisters, it was called the never ending story about a boy who steals a book from an antique shop and he starts reading and find himself in the middle of the plot in a kingdom called Fantasia. Well, uh, those kids would watch the story. It was like a video pacifier because they truly loved the never-ending story. Now, I've got to confess, I never watched the never-ending story. I'm tempted now to go and uh, plug it in and see what's going on in Fantasia. But just in case uh, I don't get to watch the never-ending story, in that context, uh, it occurred to me early this morning uh, that I'm a character in another never-ending story. I do have a witness uh, because my life is hid with God. Uh, I can grow up this morning uh, and I can give up this morning uh, and sure enough I can get up uh, this morning. Uh, I do have a witness. Uh, well, I wanted to give you some of the main plot lines uh, in my never-ending story. Uh, well, my never-ending story uh, said that God never fails. Uh, I do have a witness uh, and not only that it said he'll never leave me uh, or not forsake me. Uh, do I have a witness here? And when I looked at my plot this morning, uh, it said he'll never deny himself. Uh, I might deny him, uh, but he'll never deny himself. Uh, and then I was encouraged uh, when I looked at the never-ending story. It said he's the same God uh, uh, yesterday uh, and today uh, and forevermore. In other words, people may change. Uh, our circumstances may change change. Our jobs may change. Our money may change. But he never changes. I do have a witness. I went over to Matthew and saw some more of the never ending story. I found out that this church that I'm a part of, I'm talking about God's church. It's only one church. He said upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall never, uh, shall never, uh, shall never, 
shall never uh, prevail against it. Uh, and because that is true, uh, guess what I'm happy about? Uh, because I'm a part uh, of a never-ending story and my God is heavy. Uh, the story went on to say uh, that I'll never thirst. Uh, I do have a witness. Uh, and it said I'll never really hunger. I do have a witness. Uh, and because I'm a part uh, of this never-ending story, it says whosoever believeth in me for he were dead uh, yet shall he live again. He'll never die. I do have a witness. I'm so glad I'm a part of this never-ending story. I do have a witness. I'm getting ready this morning to make an electronic transfer in my spiritual account. You see my funds are lower because I get tired and I get weak and I get weary. My balance is real low but when I went over and looked at God's money market it says all things belong to him the cattle on a thousand hills belong to him he's already blessed me with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places and when I open up my relational account he gave me a pen so I can make a transfer and just in case somebody don't know who the pen is the pen name is J-E-S-U-S I do have a witness J-E-S-U-S I'm making a transfer I gave him my despair and I transferred in joy I gave him my disappointment and I transferred hope I gave him my sin I transferred salvation I gave him my hopes do I have a witness I gave him my fears he gave me his hope I gave him my weakness he gave me his strength I gave him my darkness he gave me his light anybody here got a balance problem anybody here overdrawn this morning why don't you turn it over turn it over turn it over to the Lord let go let God is he able 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 You have been listening to Advancing Word with Dr. T.D. Stubblefield. We pray that you have been encouraged with what your ears have heard and your hearts have felt. Explore our website at tdstubblefield.org for more information about us and to obtain resources provided by T.D. Stubblefield Ministries. Until next time, be blessed and remember to stop stressing and start stepping, advancing in faith, hope, and love by reading and applying the Word of God so you can stand on certain truth for uncertain times.